Imagine the possibilities starting with the letters S, L, and P. Imagine a super lavish penthouse, a stimulating little plunge in a serene lap pool, and imagine sailing lovely places with several lively parrots. All because you're some lucky person. Discover your SLNP with Super Lotto Plus from the California Lottery. Now until June 30th, buy five plays, get one free. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to play. Visit CALottery.com for official rules. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. We took it away. Here we go. Yay! All right. So... So we should say we're having some technical difficulties, and we are not even sure if this is recording right now. <laughs> we're so looking honest, you know, just aren't going to pull a punch. Yeah, so Blog Talk Radio is acting a little weird. Uh, I can't get – I'm the our board moderator, and I can't get on to the board. So I don't know if the show is even really on, but – We'll see what happens. Yes, it's an experiment. I'm going to keep trying to get into the studio as we talk, so I might be a little bit distracted. Oh, well, that's always But as we know, if you listen to any... Oh, I think I'm in. If you listen to any of the shows on the LMC Radio Network, you know that Blog Talk Radio is a, is a, tender, a tender and difficult thing, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But it looks like I'm in the studio now, so that's so, good news. We we just made it happen. Yeah, so you to talk a little shit about electronic <laughs> radio is not working, and then it's fucking yay. It feels it feels infringed upon in its gentle way. <laughs> so anyway, so how are this, you, Elvira? <laughs> how about you? It jumped the gun. Well, I am doing good. I am uh, preparing, obviously, to leave the area. Uh, in a short time, and so different things are kind of needing to be done, 
actually feeling a little bit less stress than I normally feel on um, times like this. But this is the time when I leave. It's July. It's not going to be Christmas time when I go to visit my family. It's Christmas time. That's always a problem. So, you know, that's a whole other little thing. But um had, you know, a reasonably good week, not anything spectacular up or down. Um yeah, just you know, it's the weather. The weather was really weird. We yeah, had it was. We had Sunday, um it was for all intents and purposes, I think everyone was bouncing around saying it's tornado weather. But I mean, we what what we had was we had this black set of clouds that decided to descend upon us from the east. Right after but, having like a seventy-five degree day. Yes. At three o'clock in the afternoon, these clouds roll in. Right, and yeah. then it drops. It becomes super cold yeah. and drops hail. Hail. Yes. And I never in my life thought, I mean, we've had hail, we've had some snow. I mean, it's not like it's impossible in our area. No. But but that was just so weird. What was really weird is I went out, because it started raining first, Mm -hmm. at least at my house. Mm -hmm. Where where we are, where Elvira and I live in Northern California, there are a million microclimates. You can drive five minutes and be in a 10-degree difference, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So at my house, these black clouds came over, and I went outside, and it was warm rain it was super warm rain wow and i thought wow how interesting we don't get warm rain here mm-hmm. very often and i went back inside and then it started hailing so the temperature dropped like that yeah it was so bizarre yeah and believe me that was just, that was enough to make me go okay so now what yeah. and the now what is is that as of today and the coming week days we're going to have 90 degree weather we're actually supposed to have like 96 and 97 yeah it was hot when i left the house this morning yeah it was, so yeah, it was hot. It, it's it's just it couldn't possibly be climate change or problem no no no, no. but whatever it is we're now in the middle of it. Yeah. So that was that was the excitement because I mean I'd been out. Um, I was going to go walk the dogs again, and I looked out and I'm going, no, nope. maybe not, no. no. But the dogs thought it was kind of fun because they set out to you know they were like barking at hail. What is this? Yeah. So I was like, Here's, ah. Yeah. But um, so how was your week? Uh, much like you, I am in a rush to get all of the things done so I can go away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as I've mentioned before, I'm going to a witch camp, and then I'll be back for just four days, and then I'm off to a second witch camp. So getting my house in order and getting work in order and getting the radio show in order and making sure everything is set up and mm-hmm. ready to go. Plus, you know, I'm teaching at these retreats, so I'm mm-hmm. teaching at two seven-day retreats. So getting my teaching plan in order, right? And all of my, oh my God, I'm starting to have an anxiety attack just talking about all of Calm down. Yeah. So, okay. so I'm just I'm noticing um, that maybe next year I won't do two back to back retreats. That mm-hmm. that's feeling like a lot. Mm-hmm. But I love this work doing going to witch camp and mm-hmm. and teaching at a witch camp. Like attending a witch camp is a is a transformative experience. Right. But being uh, on the teaching team or the facilitation team at a witch camp, it deepens the magic because mm-hmm. you're spending more time with it. Right. Right. Camp is seven days, but those of us, there's ten of us that facilitate the California camp process. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been working on it since September, maybe mm-hmm. September, October. So we've been 
immersed in this magic and mystery uh-huh. and myth uh-huh. for a really long time. Wow. Just, I love this process. So it's, you know, I recognize that my my mind, my flesh, and my spirit can really only do so much. Right. But I want to say yes to all the things. <laughs> and I, my, my lesson continues to be, maybe you should say no to this thing. It it It's pacing. Yeah. That's, I think, the biggest thing. I mean, we you know, can do a lot of things, but we need to pace it. Yeah. And uh, more so as we age, and I don't okay. mean that in a in a in a bad way. It's just we suddenly learn that it's better if we pace yeah. and we get more, actually we'll get more done. Yeah. If we do that, yeah, I know. I'm really noticing that I need I need space between things. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit of downtime. I need, mm-hmm. I, and I always kind of chalk this up to being an earth sign. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit of, of downtime, and I'm super introverted. People are always surprised when I say that, but I am. I'm really introverted, and spending time with people zaps me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I know the feeling. It's probably one of the reasons why I stopped doing a lot of external things Yeah, was because it isn't, I mean, I'm a Sag, I'm out there, I'm running around, I'm a fire sign, you know, and I was always running around doing things, but I found that now it's more like, well, let's collectively run around in groups of things and not, you know, do it like 24-7. Right. And sometimes spirit, however we want to define that, creates the space. Yeah. Even when we're not expecting it. Yeah. Well, that's something that I recognize about myself, and I know lots of people can... Uh, understand this is when I get sick, when I cut, when I succumb to a cold, mm-hmm. it's because I'm not giving myself that right, rest. right. And my body goes, okay, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it for you, right. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of like, gee, let's just you know keep yeah. a keep a grip on it. So in that light, we are on herbs, 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 herbs. Uh, which um, we should. Actually, I found an interesting thing. I was, you know, herbs, it's like they do a lot of medicinal. Yeah. I found a lot of information on medicinal. And um, since I honor that, I'm, I'm really, you know, that's a great way to get into, you know, doing things magically or otherwise. But since I am not qualified. Yeah, neither of us are herbalists. Are herbalists. That is not what we're going to be really talking about. Right. It'll be magical. Right. So defining yeah. where we are. Yes. And disclaimer, right, along that line, mm-hmm. if you are going to use herbs for medicine or magic, if you're going to be burning them, putting them on your skin, doing anything with them, you need to make sure it is something that you are not allergic to. Don't be inhaling the smoke of a plant that you've never mm-hmm. worked with before. Don't make a tea and drink something that you don't know what it is. Consult a professional test things, you know, do a little elbow test with an essential oil before you make a spray and spray yourself down with it. You can, just (laughs) like pharmaceuticals, herbs Mm -hmm. are powerful. Mm -hmm. Most pharmaceuticals are based off of an herb, right? Mm -hmm. Aspirin comes from willow bark, right? Mm -hmm. So test it. Don't Mm -hmm. just think, oh, well, my friend Janie can take this herb, so I'm going to do it. You don't. Right, right. Please, please, please be careful. And there are a lot of things you know, what can heal can also kill. Mm-hmm. So you also need to make sure if you're using things medicinally or magically that you're not overusing them mm-hmm. or they're toxic. Right. Um, even homeopathic, the yeah. concept is a little bit 
And if you're using something, obviously, that is toxic, you can, by overusing it, kick it back in and make it even worse than what you're doing. Yeah. So, again, test, or test, test, test. So um, I found a definition of what an herb is. An herb, at least from my section of where I found my information, says it's a non-woody plant, broadleaf flower plant, not shrub or tree. Yeah, which is funny because magically when we work with herbs or we use herbs in spellcraft, mm-hmm. we will use shrubs and trees, trees and bark, yeah, bits, pieces, roots, all of it. Right. And we just say, oh, it's an herb. I know. We sort of generically yeah. throw it there. I, was, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should just throw that out because it is kind of interesting how we lump things together. Yeah. But um, if you're being specific, you know, yeah. there you are. So I wanted to, you and I both have books. Yes. I brought a couple books, and Elvira has some books. So I thought we might talk about the books that we have been using mm-hmm. for this show, because there is some great, and again, we're talking about magical herbs. Right. There's a ton of great books for medicinal mm-hmm. herbs. That's not what we're talking about. Right. Okay. Okay. So what do you have? I have the two classic green books. Ah. OMG. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> When I teach anything having to do with uh, magic, mm-hmm. like I do some workshops on spellcraft, mm-hmm. I always talk about these two books. Okay. The first one is by Scott Cunningham, mm-hmm. and it's the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia ah. of Magical Herbs. Got it. And this book was released in the 80s originally. Scott Cunningham uh, was a, um, well, he's a forefather of what modern witchcraft and Wicca looks like, really. Mm-hmm. He was one of the people who said, hey, this is pretty awesome, Mm -hmm. we should make this accessible to more people, and wrote a million freaking books. Yes, he did. About Wicca, and not just about Wicca, because before Scott Cunningham, really, you had to be initiated into Wicca by a coven. Mm -hmm. And Scott Cunningham wrote a book about how to be a solitary and initiate Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. He was a revolutionary, and in the 80s, a lot of people were like, oh, my goodness, clutch my pearls, I can't believe he did that. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, yeah, Scott Cunningham, we love him, right? So his book of the Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs is that, just that. It's an encyclopedia. It lists a million herbs in alphabetical order. Uh, It tells you what their magical uses are, what their folk names are, their gender, their planet, their element, the specific powers that they can be used for. Often they'll have like a little spell or a little folk tradition Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. can use with the herb. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in the back, he has all these correspondences. So all of the herbs that are connected to fire, the herbs that you can use for fertility, the herbs that you can use for all the blah, blah, blah. And then he has appendices with colors and where you can mail order for Mm -hmm. herbs, which is way out of date, obviously. Obviously. Um, Oils, what you can use oils for. uh, It's just freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. I highly, highly recommend it. And the second book I brought is sort of the American, African-American conjure companion. Uh-huh. So Scott Cunningham's herbs are mainly European. Miss uh-huh. um, Catherine Ironwood wrote Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, and it's exactly the same format as Scott Cunningham's book, except it's American herbs. It's uh-huh. herbs that would have been used by the... Um, Hoodoo tradition by folks in the South, mm-hmm. where most of the hoodoo tradition comes from. Um, and it's not just herbs in this book. There's also, like, what to do with a snail shell, what to do with mm-hmm. um, a 
cat hair, what to do with all of these other things that are very traditional in hoodoo. Right. So these two books I highly recommend for magical herbs. Mm-hmm. I feel like I talked a long time. No, you're doing fine. Okay, thank you. Okay. Elvira, what book Well, you obviously, I do have the Scott Cunningham Encyclopedia, but he also wrote um, for the Llewellyn Practical Magic Series, Magical Herbs. That book kicks ass. I gave that, I loaned that book to someone and never got it back. Yeah, it because what it does, it, it doesn't just talk about um, the herbs as the other one does as specifics. Yeah. But it talks about scented oils and perfumes and how to gather and, you know, different aspects, protection, divination. So he goes into aspects mm-hmm. of how to use the herbs as well as how to gather them and deal with them. And that way I, I was, you know, and I've had this for years because I think I I got it who knows when with a little sticker. And the other one, which is really interesting, again, a Llewellyn's World Magic series, was Celtic Magic by D.J. Conway. Mm. And, I mean, she talks about all kinds of magic, but she specifically goes into herb magic. Mm -hmm. And she'll talk about different herbs and then some of the more particular things in terms of that. So, um, and actually, there's another one, but it's limited on the herbs, but it's, again, the Budapest. Mm -hmm. And she has the Holy Book of Women's Mysteries, Volume 1. Volume 2 is more about uh, rituals. Volume 1 is the things that we do and what, you know, like solstices and celebrations and then herb magic and divination and herbs and nice. whatever. So, but those are the three that I have, you know, pulled out for today. Nice. So now that we've given you a, a little bit of base, yes. let's kind of throw ourselves in and talk about what do we do with these things. What do we do with these things? Burn them. <laughs> Drink them. Drink them. Uh, make poultices and salves and what are those tinctures? Tinctures. I love the fact that they talk about condensers. Hmm. Um, it gets to you know it's kind of like oh my god that's something real witchy with boiling things and everything. Yeah, it is. I remember when I was a little baby witch when I was like 15, you know, everything I learned was from books at that point, and a lot of Scott Cunningham, actually. And uh, one of the things that I read in one of my books was you have to have rose water. I don't know why I had to have rose water, (laughs) but I remember going through the neighborhood and collecting rose petals from Uh different people's yards and coming home and using my mom's big stew pot filling it with water, and basically I made a tea, a rose tea. Right. And then I put that water in this really pretty jar that I had bought, like uh-huh. a, well, it's a, like a glass fancy thing. Yeah. And I kept that. I never used it. I kept it for decades. I oh think I God. just, in the last year, I finally poured it out. But you can't keep waters. No. Waters go bad. Yeah. They, if you've made a, 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 a tea... It will get moldy or gross or whatever. You have to, if you want to save something for a long time, you have to put an alcohol in it Uh to keep it um, safe. Safe, exactly. And I didn't know that at 15. And I kept, I I moved this rose water (laughs) a dozen times. I kept it. I was so proud of this stupid rose water that I made. Uh And it was, it was not usable. There was, in fact, there was a, a, 
decaying petal that had made oh my god and it was all fuzzy and close uh-huh. in the bottom of the jar but i just couldn't get rid of it was an important magical thing and it was something to tie you to your beginning of what you were doing right so so obviously um some of the things as i already mentioned we can use these for protection and divination yeah. and healing and love um and, you know, different oils and incenses. The things that I think a lot of people use herbs for is in conjunction with charm bags mm-hmm. and, you know, magical things of that nature. Right. Uh, not everybody, but I think it's a common practice Yeah. that we do. I know I do. I, you know, I'm not – I went through all of the different things of learning how to do the things and then doing them and thinking, oh, this is really great and wonderful and I love it. And never following through. The things that I follow through on the most are the charm bags and using them in rituals where I need to put them in certain areas or create something. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, the basic concept is everything on the planet has a vibration. Mm-hmm. And different things vibrate at different levels. Mm-hmm. And there is this, I can't remember the specific wording, the law of similarity, the law of familiarity, something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's an herbal concept. That's not a magical concept. That's literally a medicinal Mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. Um, And specific herbs grow in specific places, and they're connected to to different energies because Mm -hmm. of how they grow and Mm -hmm. what they grow next to. And often the herb that will kill you grows right next to the herb that will heal you. Right. So there's all of these things to know and learn when you start working with herbs magically. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but, yeah, I agree. A lot of it is is taking that dried herb and using that energy mm-hmm. to help fuel your magical work. Right, right. Because I know, again, there are people that just absolutely adore making potions and tinctures and all kinds of things. And that's great. And these are magical things. These don't necessarily refer to ingesting them or, you know, mostly putting it on you or around on the ground or in the house or something. Yeah. Um but like most of us, we've all we we start by learning how to touch it and yeah. grow it and talk to it and work with it is the general way of talking. Now you might want to talk about some ideas on your side of you know some of the herb ways you can use herbs. Sure. Well, yes, actually, I was just flipping through Scott Cunningham's book <laughs> and I thought, huh, maybe we should mention some of these. So the Elvira mentioned charm bags or mojo bags or what have you, you use the herbs to aid in your magical working. Sachets, same thing. You can make sachets. Uh, it starts with a powder, right? Uh-huh. Um, and be careful with certain powders. Arrowroot powder is the best thing to use because it's not toxic. Right. Some other powders that used to, people used to like, oh, I'm going to powder my whole body. And now we've learned those powders that people were powdering their whole bodies with are actually quite toxic. Right. Yeah. So sachets. Um, you can make infusions, which is when you soak herbs in hot water. It's basically like making a tea. Mm-hmm. Um And there's different, this is one of those things, again, that we mentioned every show. There's different beliefs about how to use herbs magically. Uh And I remember this from my little teenage self. I went out and bought, um, is it corningware? I don't remember what it's called now. It's corningware. It's It's glass. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Pyrex. 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 Because I had read that you couldn't use metal when making magical infusions and decoctions and all Uh these fancy words. Uh So I went out and bought glass so that I could make my magic Uh in the glass. Uh 
whatever. If you've got metal and you then use metal, but there is some beliefs that you should not use metal pans uh-huh. or pots when you're making magical herbs. So uh-huh. um, you can make baths, which again, you can make a tea uh-huh. and pour the tea in your bath, or you can make a little packet, a little sachet uh-huh. packet with the herbs and put that into the bathtub with you. Right. You can make ointments, which is basically like, um, you, it's again, making the tea and using that water uh-huh. or essential oils. And you need to be careful with essential oils because they are, they're um, concentrated. Uh-huh. So you always need to be slow with your essential oils. Uh-huh. Less is better. Right. Um, you can make an oil yourself with herbs. You can make an incense. You can burn dried herbs uh-huh. just like that. That's uh-huh. an incense. You don't have to have anything fancy. Um, but these are all different ways to make a magical potion or a magical working or mm-hmm. infuse the herbs into what you're working with. Right, right. One of the things that I, um, it's kind of, um, it's, you know, they have different statements. Now, obviously, some of this is medicinal, but again, you know, a decoction is boiling it, you know, which is what, you know, a tea right. is. Okay. Um you know, to a certain extent. And then, you you know, there's some that you don't boil. You just put hot water on. Right. You After it's gotten hot. Right. You know, it's more of an infusion. You know, and then the the one I love is the maceration. Yes. That's pounding the shit out of it. Right. You know, right. great way to get your, you know, feelings out. Now, especially if they're ones that you're upset about, whatever, and you're using these herbs to break free of something, mm-hmm. be careful when it's love. You, you know, yes. pounding your energy into that is a little much. And it also depends on the herbs. Some yeah. herbs uh, are thicker or woodier uh-huh. or heavier, and they need more time. Right. They need to be soaked longer or pounded longer or right. whatever. Right. And so you also need to know not just the magical properties of the herb that you're going to work with, but what it needs to process it. Right. Yeah. So, and, of course, whenever I hear the word filtration, I just think of coffee tripping. <laughs> <laughs> But there is that, and, of course, percolation, the same thing. So there's, there are different things they talk about to determine the way you are preparing it. Yeah, and that is also a medicinal herbal concept. Right. Everything that is used um, for magical processing of herbs or even the energetics of mm-hmm. an herb really does match the medicinal side right. of it. You right. Know? So keep that in mind, too. Right. And you're going to be double learning if you start to learn about magical herbs. Because there is always, always, always that part of, of herbalism that people go, oh, well, now I can do this with my health or this with a da-da. And I understand that, again, as we've said, find a reputable professional or a reputable school that you can work with, you know, in terms of that. Um, yeah, actually, there's two schools that I would offer as you know, if you're really excited about herbalism or you want to learn more. Um, Susan Weed, mm-hmm. uh, a, a very well-known herbalist. She's on the East Coast, and I don't know if she still does immersions, but she used to. Mm-hmm. So she's got books and a blog and a website, and she's mm-hmm. great. Um, mm-hmm. And then there is a school that I can't remember the name of. California Herbal School. Yeah, over in four outside of four or so, and that was started by Rosemary Gladstar, mm-hmm. who is um, local to where Elvira and I live. Mm-hmm. But that is a 
a well-known herbal school, mm-hmm. and they do a nine-month training program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely worth checking into. Right. And there's more than that, but those are two resources that I know right off the top of my head. Right, right. And it's it's they're very good. I know that um, at one point during part of my training, actually the uh, hereditary witch that I was training with did work over at the California Herbal School. Right. And so we did some things over there, and they were you know, in conjunction yeah. with it. So. And something I've been noticing is that there does, and again, Elvira and I live in this little bubble, so maybe it's just my <laughs> bubble, and I apologize if you're in the middle of Oklahoma and you're like, yeah, that's not happening here. I'm sorry. But there's a, a resurgence in interest mm-hmm. in native plants and um, I've, I've been seeing a lot of things of opportunities to go on plant walks mm-hmm. or mushroom walks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So check in your local area. If you're interested in learning, mm-hmm. the best place to start is what grows in your area, what's native to your area, right. and what it what it's used for medicinally mm-hmm. because there will be crossover. If this herb is good for heart healing, it's going to be good for love healing. Right. Right. So right. Start, start there. And, and because the best way to learn about herbs is hands-on. Yep. And the yep. best way to be hands-on is with a good teacher. Yes. So those are your those are your lessons yes. for this whole process. It is something you can start and read about and yeah. and get all the head learning. But here's the Hard thing: to translate it, you've got to know how to talk with those plants because they are living entities. Yeah. And that kind of goes to another part of the the process is. When you do go out to gather or you do go out to your yard and, and, you know, if you don't have a yard, a a planter box or even your plants in your house, a lot of people, you know, do growing in their home Mm -hmm. with small areas. So it's it's being able to connect with it and connect with the plants that you're doing. And um, I think that was the thing that when I started, actually, the very first thing that one of the people that I had taken some reading from she says go out and put your hand out and walk by plants Mm -hmm. and feel yeah because that way it's a connection with the energy that is a life force energy in that plant and your life force yeah so they have signatures yes you might feel one is more warm or one is more cold or there might be prickly i mean and we're not just talking like stinging nettles which are prickly right um but there are reasons like for instance when i was living up out of the area here, but in a canyon in the area, um, our whole hill that I had my house on was beautiful wood trees and, you know, all that wonderful stuff, but a huge amount of poison oak. Yeah. And when I started this whole process and I started learning more, poison oak is basically for protection, right. but it protects the land from what humans or other areas of, you know, invasion are. And, uh, of course, those of us who have played with that and gotten wonderful experiences of having poison oak on us, we appreciate that very much. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid lesson. It is a <laughs> solid lesson. Yeah. So, but there are things, just like Phoenix has said, you know, where you are, what you what's around you yeah. is usually what's, you know, the old saying is right outside your back door. Yeah. And that's what you need to know and what you need to learn about, not just medicinally, but even spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, and there is something about wild crafting, too, which is something I always talk about in, mm-hmm. um, in different workshops that I teach. Going out and 
collecting herbs mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, it's the full moon, I'm going to go collect herbs. That's mm-hmm. such a fun, witchy thing to mm-hmm. do. But you need to know the rules of wild crafting. You can't take the whole plant. Certain plants you need to know how to cut. Mm-hmm. They have to be cut a very specific way. Or you need to dig the root up, and you need to make sure you leave enough behind that the plant will survive right. after you do your wild crafting. Right. It's respectful to the plant. Uh-huh. Right, so you can't just go. I'm gonna go and collect mugwort if you don't know how to collect mugwort. Uh-huh. So you need to do your research. You need to read. You need to learn. You need to figure it out, or go with someone who knows what they're doing. Right. So you're being respectful to the plant, and on top of that, it's not just the logistics of how to collect the plant, but the energetics. Uh-huh. Like Elvira was saying, I always encourage people to ask the plant. Uh-huh. Hey, plant. Are you willing to help me in this spell I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to donate some of yourself to this working? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very difficult to explain the yes or no. It's just mm-hmm. you're going to get a feeling. It's and and maybe you don't get a feeling. Maybe nothing happens. Then maybe that's not the plant. Right. You know. But you should feel really clear. Yes, this is okay. This plant is okay for me to pick it. This plant is okay for me to dig up a root uh-huh. or whatever you need to use of that plant. Uh-huh. You want to have a, a conversation right. with the plant. And then you need to leave it a gift. Uh-huh. You are taking something from it. And what I've I've told people is you always have something to leave. Even if you go out into the woods and you don't even have a cup of water, uh-huh. which water is not always a good thing to leave. Certain plants you shouldn't water. Uh-huh. You could pluck a hair uh-huh. and leave a hair as an exchange with uh-huh. the plant. Uh-huh. But you need to do something with that plant, especially for magical purposes. Right. Because an exchange is always important when you're dealing with that. Just like in anything we do in any of the areas, there's an exchange. We we ask permission. Mm-hmm. So you approach with reverence and ask permission then you listen, yep. and then upon doing whatever it is you're going to do, you return something to it. Right. And that's, you know, it's the same thing is that we go in to a store, we see something we really love, and we go up and we take it, we go through choosing what it is, and then we go to the cash register, and the nice person behind the cash register, <laughs> we give them money. Right. Because it's an exchange, right. you know, in terms of that. So... Um, and it's funny because, you know, people, I mean, we understand talking to our animals. Yeah. Okay. But people who talk to plants, I mean, sometimes it's really talking. It isn't just, you know, sitting there and, and meditating with them, which is good. Yeah. But, you know, I go out and I have a beautiful gardenia tree, and she is wonderful, and she and I have survived many cold winters mm-hmm. because she's a tropical plant. Yeah. And so when she starts giving me her flowers, you know, it's always a, ta- a conversation. Oh, thank you. This is my first flower of the of the season, and you know, whatever it is that I need to do. Now, I have no idea what my neighbors are thinking, or even if they noticed anything, because of course I'm in a senior park, so you never know. We might all be talking two different things, <laughs> but um, it really is. It's amazing, you know, about how the interaction is. Well, let's take a break, and then when okay. we come back, we'll talk more about that. Okay, sounds good. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. 
LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner with Candela Canvisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu, Wednesdays, 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I always love Jeannie. <laughs> I know, we were on, I don't know if I told this story or not, so I apologize <laughs> if I've said it already. I just, my brain doesn't work anymore. But I was on the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And they play the same commercial. That's our network commercial. Right. And after the commercial, I told everyone that we always dance when uh-huh. we play the commercial on our show. And yeah. so I had danced while I was on the Lucky Mojo show. And <laughs> Kat and... Kajim and Ali were both cracking up. They were like, oh, my gosh, that's so silly. But that's how we are on this show. That's it. We're silly. We're silly. We're, we're serious. We're a lot of things. But mirth and reverence. That is true. <laughs> There's enough out there to be devastated about. Yes. But, yeah. Herbs. So. Herbs. Herbies. <laughs> Everything I, you know, herbs. 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 It's like I think of herb and yeah. herbs and love bugs. <laughs> Well, my, you know, my partner is British, uh-huh. so he says herb. Herb, They yeah. pronounce the H yeah. where we, it's silent for us Americans. I think we don't you know, like herbs, herbs, herbs. Okay, so, um, bloods. Yes. So I wanted to talk just for a moment about, uh, you know, we had a show about animal allies, and we uh-huh. talked about gods uh-huh. and goddesses, and, uh-huh. and developing a relationship with a plant or a green blood right. is kind of the same idea. Right. And uh, there's a few things that come up around developing a spiritual relationship with a plant. Uh-huh. One of the things Elvira sort of alluded to already is what is growing in your yard, in uh-huh. your garden, in your space? Uh, what plant do you often encounter in the mundane world? Mm-hmm. That plant might be trying to get your attention. Right. Right. Once upon a time, I was having some physical stuff going on, and all of a sudden, like we'd lived in this house for several years, and all of a sudden, we were getting these huge, spiny milk thistles growing. <laughs> and so I started to sort of talk to this milk thistle. Right. And then I started to do research on milk thistle, and I discovered. That was kind of the healing I needed uh-huh. at that time. So uh, an herbal ally may just show up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can also go on trance journeys and connect with a plant out in the spirit realm uh-huh. and then come back and and plant that plant uh-huh. and talk to that plant, like Elvira was saying about her gardenia. <laughs> you spend time with that plant. You connect with it. You watch it grow. You see what its seeds look like uh-huh. and what it's tiny little herbal self looks like right how it flowers and you know all of these things are going to deepen your relationship with this herb you can have Mm -hmm. herbal allies right that you call on like any other type of spiritual ally Mm -hmm. yeah but it takes time to develop that relationship right 
and you'll be drawn. Uh, you know, there was uh, certain things that I get drawn to. Uh, when I went up to visit a friend in Oregon, I wound up getting um, some scotch heather. Oh, yeah. And um, they've survived up until last year. My last one passed away, oh, and wow. I've had to gently but firmly bury it and send it on its way. But it was part of, you know, the connection to my Scottish heritage and to protection and, you know, some of the other things that were part of that plant. Um, I will wander through places and wind up like something calls to Mm -hmm. me and I listen. And, of course, coming home, it means taking them and, and taking care of them like you do any animal or anything that has a living, is living. Yeah. You you need to do that. So it is important you understand. You can't just go out and buy a bunch of stuff and have it all pretty and then all of a sudden forget about it. Right. You know, that that is definitely a disrespect to the yeah. plant and to what you're trying to do as far as a, a familiar. Um, in the Strega tradition, and I'm sure this is not just it, but if you choose to do a plant ally, what you will do is you will go through a meditation, you will go through, you know, again, the trancing, but when you do get the plant, you will plant nine stones around it. Mm. Now, they talk about a little bit more of, you know, taking one of the stones and planting it in the root area, Mm. you know, in terms of that, and then your nine stones. So there's a certain amount of... um, ways to in in talk with this plant and work with it in that manner. Yeah. So it is um it is universal. It's just how they choose to do the minute things about getting it the contact. I've done a few different trance journeys with herbal allies or I've had I did some uh in one of the traditions that I was um, involved in for several years we were given herbal homework. Mm-hmm. We were given a list of herbs that we needed to study, but it had to be uh, experiential study. We weren't supposed to go and read about the herb. Right. We were supposed to go, you know, get the herb, the, the dried herb, right. and make a, a steam, right, and, and experience the steam, drink a tea, and then burn it like an incense so that we were getting these different experiences of it mm-hmm. and jot down our feelings and impressions and if mm. there was a specific element it felt connected to or what the message of that plant was. Mm. And that was very informative. I learned a lot about different herbs that way. Of course, I was given a list of herbs that were safe and not toxic. Right, things that you could do all those yeah. things with. And I still could have had an allergic reaction. I didn't know. Right. But uh, it was very interesting to learn about the herbs that way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a few years ago at PantheaCon, actually, I went to a, a workshop that Christopher Penzak did. Oh, yes. He's a quite well-known uh, witchy author. And I don't know if he's written about herbs, but his whole workshop was about plant allies. Mm-hmm. And we went through this meditation where we, you know, went, into a garden and a specific herb called mm-hmm. us and we went and sat with it and it told us its name and blah 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 and that is another plant that has shown up a lot in my years and then in this workshop it kind of gave me more information about why it showed up right what right. what our job together was right 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 there's a lot you can do spiritually without even touching the herb mm-hmm. there's a lot that you mm-hmm. can do because some people even Connecting in that way may be uh, may be difficult for them yeah. for physical reasons. Yeah. yeah, and I know lots of people who say that 
you know, they have the opposite of a green thumb, that everything that they touch dies. They can't keep anything alive. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work with a live plant. Mm-hmm. You can go to a garden and connect to the live right. plant. It doesn't have to be your plant. But it's helpful to know its cycle, to know mm-hmm. what its seeds look like, to know what it looks mm-hmm. like, all of those steps of right. plant's life. Right. But it doesn't have to be grown by your hands. That's, That's true. a bonus, but... If yeah. you know I'm just going to kill this plant, I'm not even going to spend the $2 to buy it at Home Depot, <laughs> well, then you know. Right. <laughs> then you kind of go, okay. Different way. Yeah. yeah. So I know going out in, in, in nature and, and finding it yeah. is really important just to, to check it out. I know that um, we have the redwoods here, and I know those are you know incredible plant allies. Um and those are, you know, so trees can be, and it isn't just yeah. a little herb, right. like we were talking shrubs and trees, and, you know, in um, the witchcraft of Britain, there are all the different elders and rowans and, you know, oaks and things that you have that are pieces that you have, like, you know, leaves or, right. you know, the, the uh, seeds, the acorns and things of that nature right. that you can connect with right and you know at one point i was saying well you know we should list you know 12 plants that we like you know and i thought well that you know as i was doing my work i'm going i think that's going to be a little much so um i'll offer a couple of ones that i use a lot and i use them in spirit form as well as Mm. physical form one of them is rue Mm. um i actually have a rue plant which again she so she she has been very hardy. She's made it through many winters. I got it at some place that was um, like an herb fair or something, and I got it. And, and I use her leaves, and I use a lot of the dried ones. And it's protection. Yeah. It's also um, in the Storyga tradition, uh, the Chimaruta, which is a magical um, symbol that is done as a pendant. There's the rue itself. And then, of course, the vervain blossoms. And these are all about protection. So those are two that I reuse, obviously. I have gardenia um, and, you know, some of the more traditional ones. But those are really, to my heart, yeah. the ones that, that speak really deeply to me. And you you just triggered something, a, a, a thought. Mm-hmm. There, there's, We're also talking about different levels of spirit here, right? Mm-hmm. You could have a peppermint plant and you connect to that peppermint plant. You could have a tree in your backyard, and you can a, a oak tree, and you connect to that tree. Mm-hmm. That's that plant mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. However, there is also a oak spirit, a right. larger scale spirit, where you can talk to the spirit of oak, mm-hmm. and you are speaking to a bigger entity. Right. You could talk to the spirit of peppermint, and you are talking to a bigger entity than just that plant. Right. So there's levels here of the specific plant. And then the essence of that plant that is kissed by every plant right. existence. Right. So know when you do your spiritual work with these plants, you might be connecting to rue, mm-hmm. and it might be that rue. Mm-hmm. You may or may not also connect to the spirit of rue, the bigger energy. Right. And what I have found personally, and your mileage may vary, but personally I have found that when I work with this plant, that's more about my relationship with that plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's for spell work, 
very specific stuff Mm -hmm. I'm doing Mm hands-on. When I'm doing a spiritual process, when I'm going out into a trance journey, Mm -hmm. when I meet a plant out in the astral or whatever, that's the plant, that's the spirit of mugwort or oak or whatever. That's the bigger energy. Right, right. But you might have a different experience, and and all of that is okay. There's not... Mm. The, the the spirit of this plant is not less important than the spirit of that plant globally. Exactly. That is a, it's just like humans. There is a human and then there's me. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very, very nicely put because that's true. It's the same thing, you know, when you're dealing with an animal yeah. ally. It's, yeah. you know, your your favorite kitty and then there's cat. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. So you've got... You've got two levels, and there's variations within that, I'm sure. But uh, to be kind of more specific about they're small and there's big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, what are some of your plants? I mean, not necessarily the private ones, the ones that you... Well, uh, I said mugwort. Mugwort is a a one that has shown up for me a lot, and it's a vision. Um, Some people are very susceptible to the energies of mugwort. It can help with astral travel. It can Uh help with dreaming. It can help with psychic abilities. I know a woman who, even when she puts a leaf under her pillow at night, will have intense psychedelic dreams. So she chooses to not work with mugwort. It's too intense for her. Where me, I'm so grounded. I'm so earthbound Mm -hmm. that I could drink a gallon of mugwort tea and it does nothing, you know, but there are people, mugwort can be a psychedelic. Right. So knowing your susceptibility with mugwort, but I like, you know, because I am so grounded, sometimes I need help letting go of Mm -hmm. of that, Mm -hmm. of my. Well, the Oracle of Delphi used. Right. Mugwort for trancing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in many traditions and systems, mugwort is a, an aid in that mm-hmm. in that leaving your body thing. Mm-hmm. Um, peppermint is also a favorite of mine, mm-hmm. uh, and it's because I don't know when peppermint showed up for me, but it was a long time. Peppermint is really fucking hardy. Mm-hmm. Peppermint will take over mm-hmm. your garden mm-hmm. if you let it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have this pot. It used to be in. I lived in an apartment, and I had a, a cute little garden on my little tiny patio. Mm-hmm. And I have this pot that uh, I've had peppermint in, and it took it. It was like a bush, <laughs> and it disappeared. And then I planted something else in that pot because I thought, oh, the peppermint died. As soon as I planted something else in that pot, the peppermint came back, and that <laughs> happened over and over again. It doesn't wow. grow unless I put something else in the pot. Wow, so bizarre. Wow. But peppermint is one of those perfect examples of an herb, and it's uh, curse and heal right? Peppermint will heal your upset tummy. Mm-hmm. If you have a tummy ache and you drink some peppermint tea, it, it settles your belly. Right. But if you drink too much peppermint tea, it will give you a belly ache. Yeah. Right? right? So for me, it's like the perfect example of an herb and what it can do. Yes. It's like perfect. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. So, and then as I mentioned earlier, milk thistle, mm-hmm. it, it, I can't really explain my relationship with milk thistle. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just a thing. I totally understand. It's funny because rosemary, oh yeah, the same thing for me that peppermint is. Yeah, it has been in. First of all, it 
has been I have had it as a plant, either one that I chose to get, but invariably every house I have ever lived in, rented, now here, are huge bushes. Yeah. They're gigantic. So it's kind of like, okay, so good for protection. Yeah, it's very good for protection, but I found that fascinating because when I moved here it was like, oh, and it's huge. As yeah. a matter of fact, I have to talk with it because we need to trim it back a bit. Yeah. Um, and you then, know what's funny? I don't like rosemary. I, so right, so you'll find an ally, and then you'll find the plants just like with gods and yeah. animals that like, you. Just, oh, that's not me. Yeah, me and rosemary yeah. don't. I don't like the way it tastes. Yeah, I'm not a fan of its scent. Like, yeah. you just don't get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. There's some that are that way. So yeah. it's very personal to each of us. Yes, and that's what we. That's the most important thing is to listen to yeah. that. Yeah. Because no matter, you know, yes, we can go out and get a list and know what we're going to do as ingredients, just like we do in cooking or anything else. It's an ingredient for whatever we're going to do. Um, depending, if it's for us personally, it will need to be something we get along with. Right. If it is for someone else that needs something and this is not something you get along with but they need it, yeah, there's a difference in yeah. that. And sometimes... There's a, like a rosemary, I know it's good for protection. Mm-hmm. And I often, I have rosemary plants. They stay outside and I don't mm-hmm. cook with them or anything like that. But right. they have a job and we have an agreement and right. it's fine. Right. You know, but it doesn't go deeper than that. It's not a relationship. It's, yeah. a, it's a business agreement. It's a business agreement. Yeah. Totally understand that. I have that with pyracanthus. Oh, gosh. Those are, those are massively interesting plants with thorns that you know i grows as spikes basically they are they're like they're the the the, they're the thorn bushes yeah that maleficent did yeah in the in the sleeping beauty thing that's it Uh, i know it it's it's kind of like i got that one but um yeah so you have different plants and these we're talking about them as we would talk about a human being because we're personal with them yeah and um just like you know roses or irises or any of these things that people those are the pretty plants with flowers and the different things but they also have purposes yeah absolutely so absolutely and you know you mentioned rose right there's a lot you can do with rose there's rose hips there's thorns there's petals the you all of those pieces have magical products Mm -hmm. rose isn't just a plant of love right it's a plant of protecting your love it's Mm -hmm. a plant of heart healing it's a plant you you have to look at the whole yeah. plant, not just the blossom or the root or the the leaf. Right. The whole plant. There's so much. Right. Right. It's a system. It's not just a thing. Or you, you know. Yeah. So it's a it's a lot to learn. I know we have a lot. You know, and this is this is just like the tip of yeah. the iceberg to discuss it. Um, one of the things I I ran across this. I had no idea why, but. Um, and it has maybe it has nothing to do with verbs specific except for putting things into something. Mm. But um, I wanted to leave on my side with the witch's bottle. Oh yeah. And you know this is this is basically it's about mooring your world yourself into where you're at. So in the Hoodoo tradition, it's railroad ties that are stuck at the corners of the house right. to anchor yourself in. And uh, yet witches did the same thing, and they would take bottles and they would put it at the um, the do- doorstep or, you know, right near the door. And it, of course, was supposed to also help with lightning, which in the old days I'm sure that was much more prevalent, at least. 
<laughs> well, yeah, because everything would catch on fire. Yeah, and they would go. But it was like putting um, some garlic in, some St. John's wort, um, pennyroyal, um, and some blackthorn and some oak holly. So there's certain things that the particular one I saw had. Mm. And I went, you know, I've done that with every house I've been at. Mm-hmm. As I've done a witch's bottle yeah. to anchor me in, and then there's you know ones you do for protection, and sometimes you use your own urine, and sometimes it's ammonia, and you know to to create that. But mostly it was because of all the herbs that it was in there and their reasonings for it. Most of it was honestly most of it was for like fire and lightning, yeah. and because in the days protection from the elements, protection from the elements, yeah. rather than people, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of more now we need protection from people. Right. How much the element. That's true. That's true. Oh, the world. I know. <laughs> I know. And and obviously one of the things that I kind of wanted to, it's it's going to make this a dated point of reference, but um, what has happened in the news in the last 36 hours um, that there have been some major deaths. Yes. That and unfortunately, one of them violent deaths that has struck close to home. Yeah. Um, in one in San Francisco. Yeah. And I think that the most important thing for me to say is not just the horror of that, but how much anger mm-hmm. and rage mm-hmm. that is out there that is unchecked. Yes. That we, I would like to put energy of love, not not because it's we need to love anything in specific but to put that to soothe it as a bomb yeah righteous anger is one thing right righteous anger is one thing you know um there is a lot to be angry about mm-hmm. and when we talked about this on the show about the morrigan mm-hmm. sometimes you have to hand that anger over to something bigger than yourself and trust that it will get dealt with right uh you know going and purchasing a handgun and killing innocent people is not the way forward right uh, and that's hard the world is a hard place and I, I you know was this is a little sidetrack but I wonder if this are humans just like this or are we just so globally aware now because of the internet and all of this mm-hmm. that that we see all of these pockets right. where we wouldn't have seen them even 20 years ago right we would have been more insular yeah and so you know it's hard but I I, I guess that that it's really stirred me and saddened me yeah. as um for the for the people that it, it involved but just the environment yeah it is part of our work as witches mm-hmm. to heal to heal the land to work with the earth mm-hmm. and to keep that flowing mm-hmm. you know and and i don't think anger is a bad thing i think that's part of the problem that humans are dealing with right now, but it's righteous anger in the right place. And Channeled yeah, appropriately absolutely. within that dynamic, yeah. as much as we are fearful of people beating up on us or whatever, um, and we spend our time wondering if we've been cursed or crossed or, you know, whatever, and we do all these protections, it's the same thing it's the other fight or flight so if you're going to fight it's because you're as much frightened as you are as much Mm -hmm. angered by what's happening and needs to be balanced there needs to be some kind of um maybe this is the cathartic point of reference that we're watching yeah Yeah. but um 
So on that note, yes, on that sort of <laughs> somber note that we never yes. really end with because we, we've tried very hard not to bring so much of the outside world here, not because yes. we're illusionary or delusionary, just that it is a space to try and find better things to utilize to go out in the world in. Right. So but, this show has actually been pre-recorded. It is mm-hmm. airing on June 30th, mm-hmm. 2017. So that is... Uh, the next couple of weeks will be reruns. Right. So everyone knows because we are traveling and out and about. But we will be back with a live show on July 21st, and that will be our Ask a Witch show. Yes. So please do go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, uh-huh. and write in a question, write in some a topic that you'd like us to banter about. If you would like to have a free reading on the air, write in your question, and we will do all of that and more on our Ask a Witch show that will be on Friday, July 21st. July 21st, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Yes. So the next time we see you on the radio, we'll be then. We'll be then. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. store that has farmer's market freshness, thousands of club sizes, plus everyday groceries and party supplies, where prices are up to 25% lower than supermarkets. That's Smart and Final. Guaranteed high-quality foods, organics, local products, and really cool stuff you can't find anywhere else. It's not a supermarket. It's Smart and Final. Now, selected 12 to 16-ounce packs of Genio fresh ground turkey are $2.47 each, limit four. And two-pound packs of fresh strawberries are $2.49 each at Smart and Final. Imagine the possibilities, starting with the letters S, L, and P. Imagine a super lavish penthouse. A stimulating little plunge in a serene lap pool. And imagine sailing lovely places with several lively parrots. 
All because you're some lucky person. Discover your SLNP with Super Lotto Plus from the California Lottery. Now until June 30th, buy five plays, get one free. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to play. Visit CALottery.com for official rules. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.